People Like You is the name of the podcast, y'all. People Like You. You are all people. And there are others like you. Like me, for example. Like my guests. Hence the name, People Like You. This is our third and final Black History Month podcast. We've been bringing it to you for real all month. We have a little bit more for you. People Like You is the name of the podcast, y'all. It's amazing. It's an amazing time in the country right now. We got a straight thug president. Black History Month 2020, and we're here with Chip. Chip's got some ideas. Chip's got some thoughts, some intuitions, some initiatives that we should discuss because, after all, this is the forum for that. This is the place for that. This is the place for you right now to get these pearls, get this knowledge, get this information because the time has come to free us. So Chip, Black History Month 2020, man, we've been discussing the new black royalty on our previous podcast. We've discussed villains versus heroes in contemporary black history and the contemporary black royalty. We've discussed Black Future Month instead of Black History Month. We've talked about looking forward, studying the present and our successful people in the present so we can try to figure out where it is we're going as a people, so that's Black Future Month. That's uh, Sultan Issa, I think the man whose work you know. Uncle. Yeah. I know uncle. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so now, uh, here, here I am, I, I would, for today's podcast, I'd like to try and discuss all of those things in conjunction with the old vanguard versus the new elite. I know that History has changed. We had our Martin Luther Kings, our Malcolm X's, our Marcus Garvey's. Going back even even further, we had our Frederick Douglass's and our W.E.B. Du Bois and our Booker T. Washington's. Who do we have now that's at the forefront of the struggle? Who's leading the way? It's crazy because right now, a lot of the people that our people look up to are entertainers. They're people who come from backgrounds and who do things that aren't really admirable. For instance, rappers. When you ask kids nowadays who they look up to, they, they'll, they'll name a rapper to you. And a lot of these rappers, if you listen to their content, they're talking about selling drugs and pimping bitches, if I can say bitches, you know, guns, and that's who they look up to. The people back in the day, the vanguard, as you call it, they looked up to people who were like stand-up citizens. Now our kids look up to athletes. Somebody who can play basketball really good. Really? If you ask a kid right now who they look up to, they might say somebody like LeBron James. Our kids look up to somebody who can play basketball really good. Are you crazy? What, what more do we know about that that other than he can play basketball really good. Back in the day, our kids looked up to people who had moral standards, who had 
education, educational backgrounds. LeBron James didn't even go to high school, uh, college. He went straight to the NBA. And that's who they look up to, somebody who's uneducated, whose whole world is playing basketball, as compared to somebody who went to a, a, a stand-up college and, and educated themselves, read books, did things. Nowadays, our kids are more or less focused on somebody who's insta-famous. In front of the camera, they look good. They take nice pictures. They're going to show you how to put on makeup. These are little girls right here. I mean, I can go on and on. I don't want to go on and on. No, it's, it's good because I've actually... I actually address that because I, if you run down a list of the quote-unquote old vanguard, like your, like I said in the beginning, Langston Hughes, black renaissance poet, Zora Neale Hurston, we don't, they don't have real contemporaries. Maybe Zora Neale Hurston has more of a contemporary than somebody like... Uh, but no, I, I get where you're going with this. Yeah. These are, are these are you're, you're talking about critical thinkers. Critical thinkers. Okay, let's go to music. Let's <laughs> let's go to somebody like James Brown. Say it loud. Mm -hmm. I'm black and I'm proud. Right. Versus Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. What do you think of Black Lives Matter? It ain't got nothing to do with me. You know. But no. Okay. Okay. We're thinking about this too, though. At the same time, a lot of the rappers right now mm -hmm. who are rapping about conscious things, mm -hmm. they're not getting rotation. The DJ's not playing them, and that's because. All of media is owned by the elite few, and they control what goes over our airwaves. The media that our people consume, they control that. So the songs that are gonna get heavy rotation are the ones that are talking about, I walk around with a big ass gun, you know, I, oh, oh, I'm selling dope all day. But the song about something as powerful as like, you know, Black Lives Matter, or something where they're teaching you about uh, things that have happened to them, that the, the wrongdoings that have been done to them, and they, they're trying to advise you on how to not go down that same path, that's not going on the radio. Not since the 80s. You got to seek that out. Not since the 80s. I had this conversation in a previous podcast with Cynic, and his uh, question was hero versus villain in the music industry, and he ran down a list. LL Cool J, Ice T, Ice Cube, uh, 50 Cent, you know. And what I said was, and I've said this before, that I think Ice Cube and Ice T were part of a movement that really changed the trajectory of black music, okay? Because it had been in the mainstream in the mid to late 80s, black power. Fight the power. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Can't trust it. Uh, you had X Clan and, and, and Public Enemy. Mm -hmm. and, you know, to some extent, KRS One and all these militant black groups. And then NWA came out, and it became rap music, the ad campaign for jail and prison. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Just an example. Just as an example. Love the song. Love the genre. Love the artist. But rolling down the street, smoking Indo, sipping on gin and juice is two felonies and a misdemeanor. Okay? <laughs> it's a joke. And it's yeah. funny, but it's true. Yeah, it you know what I mean? That's an ad campaign yeah. for jail. Now, some people would say, you know, that's a slap in the face of the establishment. I'm mm -hmm. do what I want to do, regardless of what you say, because you don't want me in your club anyway. So, do you, so then, let me ask you this. And do you, th you feel like maybe... The radio stations aren't really getting, or the people who put out music right now in February should gear more towards more positive stuff because they're not 
right now you're talking about music. Yeah. And I think that is a big part of like black history. So do you think that maybe uh, the radio stations ought to do more? I think the radio stations ought to do more. I think the television stations ought to do more. I think the institutions ought to do more. I think that, uh, for one, we we had this conversation on a on a previous podcast. We've been doing the same thing with Black History Month mm-hmm. since 1926 when Carter yeah. G. Woodson established it. No, no, I know I, I felt it different because have you noticed on Facebook? On Facebook, everybody's going crazy with putting new posts up of like different stories. You did it. You did. You you did it too. I'm doing it. Everybody, yeah. everybody I know is doing it right now. So I think that is a little bit different. That is a new aspect of black history now because we're becoming more aware. I, I saw a story that I, I will, it will always stay with me about the GI Bill. I had no idea about this. Our soldiers were coming back from the war, the Vietnam War, I believe it was. It was in the, in the late 60s, early 70s. They coming back. Everybody's getting a GI Bill, whites and blacks. But the but the whites, well, the blacks, we'll focus on that, was Black History Month. The blacks were getting redlined when it comes to property because you couldn't live in certain neighborhoods when you were black back then. So you couldn't get these. You had you had the the way to get the money. You were getting you could get the loan because you had the GI Bill, but they still wouldn't sell you the house in that neighborhood because that wasn't for blacks. Education wise, the GI Bill gives you education, but the universities weren't accepting you because niggas don't go here. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't get the housing. You couldn't get the education. We ain't got to talk about the healthcare because all veterans are still getting fucked up on healthcare. So it was just like, yeah, the GI Bill was there for us, but I had no idea that this was a part of our history. That when we came back from Vietnam, it was different for everybody, but it was super different for us. Why? This is a plug, shameless self-promotion. My honors thesis, it's called Betrayed, mm-hmm. The Legacy of the African-American Soldier. Mm-hmm. It's published by Western Michigan University on ScholarWorks. Mm-hmm. I'll post the link. Uh, but yeah, there's a long history of African-Americans fighting for this country and then being led astray, mm-hmm. hoodwinked, bamboozled, betrayed afterwards long history i even have some stories of that from my own military service yeah it's it's a hundred percent true it's a hundred percent true that the legacy maybe not the reality now but the legacy of the african-american soldier is straight up betrayal you don't get what you think you're going to get coming back to the united states as an american soldier done a podcast about this african-american soldiers always leading the way but when they get back to the united states after these wars they still have to face things like stop and frisk you know and predatory lending and redlining and all of these things after selfless service and sacrifice and courage and honor and dignity for the greater good right well okay we're talking about a lot of history Mm -hmm. What if we move forward though? Why why don't we do Black Future Month? Okay. Why are we always doing Black History Month? Can't we mix in a little bit of uh, Black Future Month? We should, we have to. I think in order to move forward, it's the only way. I really agree with his premise that if we study what we're doing right now, and he said as a part of his 
intelligence collection background. Uh, he has, has a master's in intelligence collecting. So as part of his intelligence collecting background, they, studies, they study people's behavior. They study their environment. They study their wants, their needs. Are they greedy? Are they ultra-religious? Are they sexual deviants? And the things that they want to try and predict their future. So he wanted to apply that to Black History Month, called Black Future Month, and start studying our positive, successful Black people and what they have done today to propel ourselves into the future. Mm. Now, I asked him this: Who, who's going to do it? The Betsy DeVos, the Secretary of Education for the United States Department of Education? Nope. She ain't going to do it. Churches, civic organizations. I think the awareness is the biggest thing. Awareness is, that's why I've always been a proponent of Black History Month. You know, if anything, it at least gets people aware 28 days, sometimes 29 days a month, I mean a year. And I really like the direction it's going because social media has been more evolved. And like with like the death of Kobe Bryant, everybody knew in a minute because within like 10 minutes because of social media and the internet. And because it's Black History Month and social media exists and the internet exists, more people are becoming aware. And the fact that people are sharing these different stories about the GI Bill, about, I've read, I read about Frank Hampton, somebody posted, everybody's like chiming in and everybody wants to chime in differently because everybody wants to be different on social media. So you're seeing all these different stories and you click on it and you're like, damn. So Black History Month is gonna get bigger and bolder and eventually people are gonna be like, damn, black people had it real bad. I don't think so. Everybody's gonna know because everybody likes, everybody, they love the black culture. And so they see these stories and they click on them. You got your, everybody's clicking on whites, blacks, Mexicans and more people are becoming aware of the of how we had it because it was suppressed for so long, and I think that's going to uh, benefit Black people in, in the long run. So as more people become aware, as more people become knowledgeable and see these things in social media, you think the nonsense will begin to stop? Of course, because awareness. Why do they, Why do they do the breast cancer marches? Why do they do the? Um, they do everything. Autism. Uh, give blood, they, they march and they say, when, when you interview these people, why are you doing this? Oh, we're just trying to build awareness. Everybody's trying to build awareness because to be aware is to be in everybody's consciousness and being in consciousness is just the greatest thing ever because that's what, that's what I hope for in my life is to be after, when I die, years after that, I still want to be in people's consciousness because then that's how, that's how you live on forever. Yeah. And so by reposting these stories and and teaching other people about black history you're building their awareness about what happened and so be, we become a part of their consciousness and maybe they'll move different because when they come to a black man they might be like or, or a black situation when you're evaluating a whole black people you're like I kind of understand the more I learn about black history the more I learn why we are where we are
you're right about the awareness, but I think this is there's got to be a way for it to move faster. Uh, I think uh, evolution is slow. Humanity is incredibly slow. Yeah, humanity is incredibly slow. And I think there's a way that we can accelerate this. I think it has. But think about okay, it has the we've come a long way. Long way. Long way. In the '60s, we couldn't even drink from the same. Well, no wait. Yeah, 50s, 60s, segregation, desegregation, separate but equal, all that shit. We couldn't drink from the same water fountain, right? Nope. Couldn't go to the same schools, couldn't go to the same malls, couldn't go to the same doctors. That was 60 years ago. Libraries. Somebody, a lot of people alive right now. Yeah. Experienced that. Yeah, Uncle Mania for one. So we could, we went from drinking, not being able to drink from the same water fountain to being in the White House. Yeah. Yeah. So we come a long way. We come a long way. And we, we so that's good. Way. That's good. And I, and I like and I like that it's and owning NBA teams and you know partially, partially, <laughs> partially, partially, partially yeah. owning NBA nah, right. teams. Yeah, yeah. We've come a long way. Okay. I agree, but there's still a long way to go because there's a lot of tyranny and injustice in the streets. You know, one um, thing I like to see it be on like T-shirts or like uh, in people's comments or whatever. Mm-hmm. I and my ancestors' wildest dreams. Mm, nice. And when you really think about that, we are. Because when you think about somebody, not you know, not where everybody from, but the black people in this country mm-hmm. who lived like 300 years ago, you think they would have dream of like Barack being, Obama, being Barack Obama, being being a, and I don't want to be being a white person's boss. <laughs> I mean, you just gotta say it. You just gotta say it. Yeah, yeah, they would have. Yeah. They would never even said those words. Yeah, never. And that happens in everyday life right now. So we, we good. We good. Guys, we, good. Uh, we good. We good. We good. We're good. We're doing. We're doing <laughs> and that was part of uh Tan's argument that the affluence that we've achieved, mm-hmm. the freedoms that we've achieved have at the same time caused like a cultural downgrade, degradation, or spiral because now we can do and say whatever we want in your face. And we can use the N-word, and we can use the B-word, mm-hmm. and we can sell drugs and all these kind of things. And, you know, and somehow our culture went from, you know, I have a dream and by any means oh, yeah. necessary to, yeah, you're right. to where it is now. Mm-hmm. And we've made all this progress. Complacency. But our culture has degraded. Mm-hmm. You know where that comes from? Mm. I think that comes from the broken black family. Because the degradation we, of the culture? Because we have a lot of young brothers who don't know where they're going. Mm-hmm. And, and they're raised in broken homes where, you know, you're poor. You know, mom's always gone, working a whole bunch of jobs, doing this and the third. So who's raising you? And you have no direction, and then the school system really fails uh, everybody. So they don't have a good education, and then you have this life of glamorousy that you see through music videos with people who do things the wrong way, and that's just that's your, that's your whole culture. I and, think and I think the culture has degraded even from top to bottom. If you start with music and go to literature mm-hmm. to to movies and all these things, it's degraded. Like, yeah, look at uh, look at Holly. Uh, I can't. Holly Berry didn't win what whatever that award was until she played. Until she showed her mm-hmm. titties. Mm-hmm. Denzel didn't win it until he played like a crooked cop. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. get yeah. It's Burt Williams. <laughs> Burt Williams was the Tyler Perry of his day. 
he was a blackface performer. Mm. He was black, but he had to perform in blackface. And I've he was already black, and he had black, to perform in blacker face. Blackface because <laughs> that's what it was. Now I've made the argument that we still have, but Burt Williams never. Anyway, he performed mm-hmm. in blackface, right? He had to because that was the popular uh, genre. That's what yep. they were doing. That's when Al Jolson on that. Yep. It was during that era. Yep. So he made a lot of money doing that, and he was very conflicted yep. about it. Now I've said that you have performers doing the same thing today except they're not actually painting their face because I said it before Curtis 50 Cent Jackson looked right at Oprah and said no I'm Curtis that's a creation that's for the hip hop industry oh who 50 Cent yeah yeah isn't that that blackface yeah in a sense in a sense I agree yep in a sense because it's most of it's kind of degraded Mm -hmm. and you know somewhat more close to foul. You know, I was listening to him in the car today and I was like, damn, the group is nice, but shit. Mm-hmm. What is this man saying that has made him a hero to millions? You know what I'm saying? When people listen to the radio or they watch TV or they like, are on, they're on social media, whatever they see is what they achieve to be. And because that's what's glamorized right now, that's what people are gonna rap about. That's how they're gonna act. They're gonna, they're gonna like replicate that to try to get on to it. You gotta go out there on that limb and then buy your way back in. That's the only way to really do it. That's the traditional path, is to sell way out and then become commercial, you know? And when I say sell out, I don't mean just Shanene or mm-hmm. Wanda, you know? I mean gangster rap too. Mm-hmm. Because look at all the high power gangster rappers. Ice Cube, Ice T, they're doing TV and film now. Snoop, you know? So do you think, though, that almost we should stop focusing on entertainers? Because all we're talking about right now is a whole bunch of entertainers. That's all we got. If that's maybe that's we could, the new elite. If like we could the channel. old Vanguard versus the new elite. To, mm-hmm. bring back, to bring it back to the very beginning, the old Vanguard were highly educated, critical thinkers, concerned with the struggle, ready willing and able to do battle in whatever way they could by any means necessary, mm-hmm. right? The new elite? Are you kidding me? Don't even talk about it or you lose your career. They lynched Colin Kaepernick, stripped him naked. Yep. You know? So the old vanguard True. versus the new elite. Who are the old vanguard's contemporaries, man? I think it's more possible though nowadays to be um, kind of like a, you know, a activist a positive figure in the community now because of the social media platform and i hate to keep saying that same thing over and over but it it just it just seems like the best avenue we have right now is social media because it gives you opportunity to get yourself out there to get your message across all you have to do is just find that 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 niche niche 
and, and get that right following. Yeah, yeah, and it's something I heard in Dolomite. <laughs> you know, they might you might have you might have uh, five thousand followers. You know, but you could get that same five thousand in every city. You know, because there's that niche, there's that group of people that are gonna listen to you. Yeah, and I hate to say it too. I hate to say it too, but just to put people up on game too. Once you, if you can build that following, you know, teaching something that's you know credible, um, informational, you know, something people find of value, then it allows you to branch out and do other stuff, because you have people who follow you in one area. I've seen it time and time again where these people all of a sudden they selling this or advertising for that. Yeah. So it's uh they're transferable skills. Speaking of selling and advertising. We're going to take a quick break. Smear campaigns, mudslinging, twistings of the truth. This election season, advocate for a clean election process. Paid for by the Committee for Cleaner Elections. We're back. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like <laughs> yeah, that. that's what it's all Talk about. Talk right into it, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean, I mean do that, though. But, I, I, man, listen, I appreciate you coming back out. Mm -hmm. It's nice. It's always good to have a critical thinker on the show and put the ideas out there. I just wish that we had a little bit more time because like I was saying, I wanted, I wanted to really get into some of these names, man. Cause we don't, the old Vanguard is really, really gone. We have to figure out a way that we can take. Let's go through them, let's we, go through them. We have to figure out a way that we can take like, okay. Damn, I know Hold up, say. okay, so here we go. Here we, you got Burt Williams versus Tyler Perry. Burt Williams versus Tyler Perry. Burt Williams, like I said, he was a blackface performer. Mm -hmm. And he had to do all these stereotypical things in blackface. And he knew what he was doing was insulting and kind of playing into the stereotype of the time. And he so you're saying Tyler Perry is different. He was different. conflicted about it. So you're saying Tyler Perry is, is the same in a sense to where he puts on a dress and acts like a woman. I think so. I think it's blackface, man. I same, th same I difference. Think it's the same thing. I think it's a because it, like it's a symbolic kind of blackface. Because to me, it's it demasculates the black male, which is what they're trying to do. Which is, and I hate to say it, because I know a lot of people, and I'm friends with a lot of people who are homosexual, and I don't want to come across the wrong way, but I feel like one one objective, hidden objective, is to demasculate the African American male, and that's done through people like Tyler Perry or getting people to dress like a shenane with uh, Jamie Foxx and people like that. Oh my God. And so I think it achieves like a hidden agenda, but that's the same as blackface. Yeah. But even but even kind of worse, and that might be why we have so many African-American men because of the images they see and in media. Thing, another thing about Burt Williams is Burt Williams was down for the struggle, he was vocal. I said, no, this is wrong. That That's might be wrong. the difference in him and Jamie Foxx, though, because I, I don't really hear Jamie Foxx on those kind of issues. Well, okay, okay. You got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar versus Jordan. Right. Now, Jordan, Jordan, notoriously quiet yep. about social issues for a very long time. He just came out with a mediocre-ass letter about, wow, this is messed up, after decades of basic silence. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Very outspoken. Very outspoken, a historian, wrote books. What was his own name? I don't remember what his real name was. Yeah, but it wasn't Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Abdul <laughs> no. 
You got Muhammad Ali versus anybody. Pretty much any boxer out there today right. versus Muhammad Ali is there's no comparison. Yeah. Like you Muhammad, got, Muhammad Ali in the ring in his prime versus anybody. I got you there too. But you're also talking about on a um, talking about philosophical. I'm talking about his intellect. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. His, his ability yep. to speak and his militants. Mm -hmm. You know, now Deontay Wilder, I just saw him on Facebook. You see him. To this now, day. To this day. We still fight your people too, you know. To this day. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, All right. versus anybody. Martin Luther King versus T.D. Jakes or Creflo Dollar. Well, Creflo Dollar was going to scratch right there because his last name was Dollar and he's a preacher. I never really, that never really rubbed me the wrong, the right way. <laughs> so we'll just focus on T.D. Jakes versus Martin Luther King. <clears throat> okay. Look at the legacies. Look at the legacies, yep. man. Yeah. Look at, look at the standpoints. Look at, look at mm -hmm. the work done. You know, T.D. Jakes is probably hands down African Americans most notable, successful, legitimate, credible religious figure mm -hmm. and Martin Luther King. I wonder what path we would have went down if we had had Malcolm instead, instead of Martin. Well, Martin was given the media darlinghood because of his nonviolent stance, mm -hmm. which he patterned after Gandhi. And why wouldn't the media want that? Why wouldn't the media want that from us? That's what they wanted. They wanted a peaceful route they because they to. didn't want the funk. No, they no. did not want to fight. They did not want to fight. They did not. And I, and I and I know you. Mm -hmm. I know that I know that you were probably you would probably would have been with the funk. So what what do you think? How do you think things would have been different if we had a went that route back then? I think things would have been much different. I think we would have because we were we were inspiring people all over the world. We, we inspired Africans, we mm -hmm. inspired people in the Caribbean. We were inspiring people all over the world during that era. I think if we had taken it to the next level and been like, oh, okay, we tried letting you whoop our asses, now let's try fighting back. Not only would we have more respect in this country, but we would have more respect the world over. Niggas getting sold in Libya right now okay we ain't but too many steps from getting sold in this country again because we don't have any respect from our contemporaries because we never fought back let me ask you this question name a civilization society or culture from history that didn't fight back don't hurt yourself you don't know who they are the ancestors were wiped out the people are no more Mm. If you don't fight back, you, you don't Well, the Indians. No, the Indians. They fought. A lot of the Indians. They fought. No. They fought. The, little big horn, they slaughtered. In the end, they just took their little... All right, hold on. Back to the list. Let's get back to the list. <laughs> Booker T. Washington versus Henry Louis Gates Jr. or Cornell West. Okay. You know who all those people are, obviously. Skip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, no, no. I know Booker T. Washington, okay. and, I, and I know I know Cornell West. He's, he's they're, a, both, uh, they're both contemporary. He black got the real scholars. nappy hair. Yeah, they're both, they're both <laughs> contemporary black scholars, right? But Booker T. Washington was able to become so much more than just a scholar. He founded Tuskegee, and you know, Booker T. Washington had his own train car, and, mm -hmm. and he was a huge celebrity. He advised four presidents, mm. you know. Yep. If Henry Louis Gates or Cornell West have seen a president, it was Barack Obama. Hmm. Okay, so that's the difference there.
James Brown versus Lil Wayne. I already said it. Say it loud. <laughs> Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud versus li, li, what do you li, think? Li, 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 like a lollipop. Yeah, what do you think of Black Lives Matter? That ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't feel connected no. to them at li, all. No, li, 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 like a lollipop. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, well, it was right there. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much, that's all I had come up with at the moment. Nah, right? Madam C.J. Walker versus Oprah. They're the same. Mm, yeah. They're the same. Okay. They're the same. They're the same. That's contemporary. I get confused on Oprah though because it seems like sometimes she's like she's like four four people and then other times she's out to oust people. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't know what Madam C.J. Walker's better than. Cardi B and Nina Simone. Uh, Lizzo I versus uh, Ella Fitzgerald. I would even go. I would even go. So recent as to say Queen Latifah mm. versus Cardi B. Ooh. You know, Queen Latifah had a song, U N I T Y. That's a unity. Yeah, whereas Cardi B is what? These is red bottom shoes. Right, or or she's talking about, you know, sexual acts that she's done. Or 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 she's someone who got her career. She was a stripper first. And now all of a sudden she's a rapper. Are you kidding me? And yeah. Meanwhile, Queen Latifah talking about who you calling a who you calling a bitch. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't think. Well, yeah, maybe some of the women have checked out of the struggle. I don't think they have in politics. It's a, it's a culture again. Politics and literature. I don't think women have checked out the way they have in music and, and entertainment, movies, and things like that. In politics, maybe no, because it's an older generation. But if we're focused on the generation right now. Mm -hmm. Like not not so much black history, but yeah. black now. Yeah, black future. Black future. Who are these girls looking up to? I see girls because like I'm in the high schools uh -huh. when I'm doing high school stories. Uh -huh. They got the they got the long eyelashes on and the weave and the makeup and the high heels. You know that they, they're like dressed up like they're going out. And this is and this is school. And it's like, and I know that's because that's what they're seeing. Women, girl, young girls back in the day didn't didn't dress like that in high school. They, they were more. So I think that because of, of what people see, the media, I still don't think we're going we're going in the wrong direction. Yeah, there's been a degradation of culture, man. Because you can see it on Facebook, in mm -hmm. social media, Instagram, just like you said, then and now. Who, no, okay. A picture of the 1960s with the guys with the suits on and the hats and the little thin tie, and then a picture of the 2000s of the niggas with their pants hanging down, and you know, and what happened is always the caption. There's been a degradation of culture based on progress. Let me ask you this: Who do, would you want your four, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old daughter to look up to right now? Your little, your little black girl. There's only one. Who? Michelle Obama. And who is she? Who is she? Mm -hmm. Right now, right now, who is she? I'm, I mean, I know what she was. She was yeah. the first lady in the United States of America. Yeah. And yeah. she had a positive. And I'm not, I'm not downgrading her at all. Yeah. But I'm saying, who is she? Well, she's, she's not a star. Right, she's you know, not, she's a celebrity. She's somebody she's who was who, who kind of what you know was something, and not yeah. really still is. I mean, she is still doing things. But that's a good one. She's a really good one. Don't get me wrong. She's, she's a good one. one. I can really think of. Really think of. That's the only one you can really so think of. Really think about maybe Oprah. Now, maybe Oprah. You know what I mean? But Oprah she, spends a lot of time attacking brothers. You know. And what? And what did Oprah really? Okay. And now for for boys. 
if we had a daughter, a son who was that same four, five, six, who is he looking up to? Aside from Barack Obama, there's no black elite right now. So I think the most powerful thing that we can do for our kids is maybe just take them in situations where they kind of see like people, like maybe like you take them somewhere and they can see like black doctors or they can see, you know, black lawyers or they can see like black politicians, maybe take them to city council meetings and kind of show them that and show them more or less like ideas and opportunities that are out there instead of having them like focus on one person. Might yeah, be good. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, there's, there's no easy answer. There's no easy solution. Mm, I guess. Mm, mm. No but easy I just know that we did. In order to do that, though, you need a black community. But I, I, I know that, you, like you say, it's no easy way to do it. But I know that right now, like, man, who can we look up to? And I who just don't know we, who. To, who can we? In my, you know, Mr. Issa. Text me, email me. He was like, we need to study our successful <laughs> people. We need to study the Will Smiths and you know the things they did in their lives as young people to propel them to where they are now to try to move us forward into the future. But we have to do it on social media, we have to do it for ourselves, we have to control our own narrative and tell our own stories. Otherwise, we're gonna be chasing dreams of you know, big big tires and clown cars and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We have to control our own narrative and tell our own stories. There's a new, um, there's a new news station that just came out of, it's in Tallahassee. The Black News Station. Yeah. Have you seen it? I've seen their website. I actually applied for it. I actually applied for it a oh, while nice. ago. Nice. And um, and they finally launched out, and I'm looking to see what they do because it sounds good. It sounds real. Good. It sounds real good. It is good. It is Show good. me what you got. It is good, and I think unapologetically black media is what we need. Mm-hmm. I think that's what more we need. awareness, more awareness, more awareness, and more truth, more telling it like it is. From a different angle too, it's all about angles. A lot of the stories that uh, the news media, yeah, a lot of the stories that the news media shares, I told from my um, might not be ideal. So yeah. at least if it's a, if it's black centric. You know, media. Then maybe it might be told from a different angle. Yeah, it's gonna have to be. Well, with that, I guess we will wrap it up. Chip, mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming out. It's always mm-hmm. good to have a critical thing on the show. It's always good to have a critical thing on the show. They can drop pearls on it, and you definitely did that. So thank you very much, and come back anytime. For sure. There's been people like you, people like me, people like Chip, bringing it to you for real. On the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, like, subscribe, hit us up. Like people 829 at gmail.com. people 829 at gmail.com. And if you like the beats and you think yours are better, send me one. Send me two. If it's any good, you'll hear it out here. We have brand new beats from Sully Rain. We have some brand new beats from Foreign Extra. I'd like to thank y'all for sending those in. We had beats from Q Tracks, Van Workum, and Darnest. Yo, thank y'all for coming out tonight, and we will see y'all again. I'd like to thank Ivy Link Media for all the artwork. I know y'all love the artwork. You can go to iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play or SoundCloud to check out the artwork, y'all. 